my name is Mark Coleman and I'm founder of Octavian, which is a public affairs policy and strategy consultant service. Welcome to Chamber Chats, the new podcast from the Dunleary Ratdown Chamber. In this podcast, we chat to members of the Chamber about their business and the impact that they have on the Dunleary Ratdown region. We chat about the positives and negatives of running a business in the current climate and the support that they receive from being members of the Dunleary Ratdown community. As always, I'm your host, Rob Fitzhugh, and in this episode, we chat with Mark Coleman. Mark runs Octavian, providing economic analysis for businesses both large and small. In this episode, we chat about Mark's work with Octavian and how his work is having an impact on smaller businesses as they compete in today's current climate. Well, to keep things simple, uh, so let me tell you what we do, uh, who we do it for, what we have achieved for our clients. Uh, Let me tell you how we do what we do. And above all, I think uh, we'll keep the best wine to last and at the end, I'll talk about why we do what we do, because that, that's kind of important, too. So who are we? What, what, are, what, what do we do? So Octavian is an economics and business research publications, public affairs and public relations service. We work with a range of associates. We have professors of INSEAD. We have uh, high level um, accountancy law and uh, corporate finance specialists that we work with. We have architects, economists, public relations uh, uh, associates, and we assemble teams to meet specific needs for our clients as they arise. We work to persuade international organizations, the European Union, government, and local authorities to deliver a range of things from funding, better regulation, better policy decisions, with the aim of helping our clients to grow their businesses and their industries and to work better and more productively. We're ethical, we're efficient, and we're cost-effective. Our client base has grown in the past two years quite substantially, and uh, recent and current clients include the Chambers of Commerce, Business and Finance Magazine, The Business Post, IBEC, DXC International, Royal Institute of Architects in Ireland, the German-Irish Chamber of Commerce, the Arab-Irish Chamber of Commerce, the Professional Accountancy Training College, and several others. So we help change government, regulatory, and EU policy to create a better business world, a more growth-enhancing policy and regulatory regime. And we have a special focus on COVID recovery, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. Um, because that's a very special part of what we do, uh, given that a lot of businesses are struggling with COVID right now. Um, We uh, give our clients compelling policy reports. We uh, create presentations and public affairs and relations engagement campaigns for them, um, for uh, engagement with decision makers, media, and various target audiences. And we help our clients get funding from government Um, by producing compelling business cases. Um, Some of our reports are read by a very small number of influential people. Um, Others have been read by thousands of readers. Um, Our output has been covered in the Business Post, the Irish Times, News Talk, Sunday Independent, and in influential specialist 
trade publications uh, that are relevant to the clients we work with. So now let me talk uh, about who we work with and, and, and put some meat on, on those bones. So at European level, we are extremely proud to be currently project managing a team of Irish, Spanish and German uh, professionals, economists and architects to research, produce and disseminate a report to high level stakeholders, including the European Commission. Uh, on behalf of the Architects Council of Europe, which is a highly respected European professional association. At national level, we've just impacted the national development plan by helping industry and professional associations, including leading chambers of commerce, the Royal Institute of Architects in Ireland, the Irish Southwest Fish Producers Organizations and others. We have helped them to make submissions to government under the review to renew consultation. Um, we have also helped uh, local authorities to obtain funding from the large-scale Sporting Infrastructure Fund, and we're getting more into that area of helping um, local authorities and organizations obtain government funding by writing compelling business case reports. We're also stepping into the international arena. We're helping, for example, the cutting-edge, growing Irish high-technology financial training institution to get funding to expand its operations in Africa and the Arab world from a leading and well-known global financial institution. Um, a lot of this work is in the public interest. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in, in a moment. Um, but first of all, let, I suppose, you know, let, let's talk about results. Well, what have we achieved? So I think probably our biggest impact, uh, and it came within several months of setting up, is that drawing on several books and publications that I had produced to promote recovery from the previous economic crisis, um, we decided a small team of us at national level um, to, in April of last year, produce the first researched strategy to speed up the ability to respond and help the business sector tackle the economic challenges of the COVID crisis. Uh, my strong feeling was that compared to the last crisis where it took years for the economy to recover, speed of response, speed of research, speed uh, in uh, analyzing and communicating the key uh, focal points of a strategy for recovery, speed would help us uh, make sure that the recovery was as quick as possible. So in April of last year, when there was still no government and there was no sign that a government would be formed, and small businesses were facing disaster, and there was really only about 450 million euro of business supports available to fight the crisis, which, which it might sound like a lot, but it really isn't. Um, I figured somebody needed to act quickly. So on a voluntary basis and consulting with key small business body representatives such as Ismay, various chambers of commerce, the SME recovery group, and also talking to people at departmental uh, senior management level and state agency level. Um, we researched and report within three weeks of the crisis breaking out um, a publication called An Economic Response to COVID, and it made several recommendations that were actually implemented. The first being it was the first report to call for a July stimulus package, a stimulus package in July. Remember, we produced this report in April of last year. 
when there was no government and we were saying when we get a government the first thing it has to do is implement a stimulus package and that package happened and it was worth over seven billion in supports and it's it's critical to helping uh, the small business community survive through this current crisis. We also detailed some um, expansion and better funding needs in terms of Enterprise Ireland's and local enterprise office supports for the business community. Um, we also called for the extension of tax and commercial rate deferrals and for an expanded credit, credit guarantee scheme, along with other voices on that. And we strongly argued on national media and in the report for a stronger voice for small business, which is now happening. That's the big national success that we've had in the last year. And it's a success for everybody. And we weren't obviously the only player in that campaign. There were others, particularly the SME Recovery Group, but I believe we were, we were a key contributor to that. So now, building on that success, we've had a significant impact on more specific areas of policy. Let's take the National Development Plan it's the plan that's going to invest infrastructure to help communities grow back after the crisis. Well, we argued strongly and successfully in several of our work with client organizations to increase funding and to take what's called a town and village centered approach so that instead of um, just spending money on recovery, we really target the towns and villages that have been devastated by the lockdown. Um, so for instance, our paper, Ensuring Sustainable Recovery in the Greater Dublin Region uh, was produced with the Greater Dublin Alliance, which is an alliance of four chambers of commerce in the Greater Dublin area. That uh, was very well received by government, by local authorities, and it has helped focus on target investment priorities in the Dublin area into strategic sectors and infrastructure to help community building and recovery. Um, then we produced with the Royal Institute of Architects in Ireland, we produced a report called Designing and Lasting Localised Recovery. And that wasn't just research and publication. Um, that was um, managing structured working groups of highly competent professionals um, to make sure that when the investments happen uh, in local areas, that it's properly designed and properly planned. So it's really, we're getting into the detail of policy implementation here. And to also help local authorities make the case for the resources that they need um, to, to actually make sure that the money is spent well and properly for a lasting positive effect. Another example of where we've impacted the narrative is on the crucial area of sustainability and climate sustainability. And one of the key areas, the key challenges is to get the financial services system to start investing in cleaner, greener technology. So in collaboration with the National Economic and Social Council of Ireland, we researched, authored and published a publication called From Aspiration to Operation, um, which is about building Ireland's leadership in green finance. And that's been pivotal in helping to set the agenda um, for that industry, an industry where Ireland could conceivably lead the world. Um, another example is saving seafood and harnessing our ocean wealth. We felt that the seafood sector, um, and this kind of begins to get into why we do things. You know, we don't just do work with clients. We like to work with clients where 
we think they're underrepresented and we think they have a strong case to make, but they may not have the resources to make it or they may not have the training to make it. So we reached out to the seafood sector and we said, look, you're badly impacted by Brexit, you're badly impacted by COVID, but you're a potentially great industry for this country. You deliver jobs to coastal communities. You produce a very healthy um, food stuff, uh, seafood, and you do it in a way that is, uh, you know, has a low carbon emission relative to other food stuff. So we want to help you make your case to government. So together with the Irish Southwest Fish Producers Organization, we delivered a report called Saving Seafood and Harnessing Our Ocean Wealth. It was a comprehensive two-part analysis of the seafood sector, the challenges it faces, but the huge and amazing potential it has to deliver growth and jobs to local communities. Within a fortnight of that report being delivered to government, the Minister for Food, Agriculture and the Marine announced the creation of a seafood task force and called for submissions uh, to that task force. And we believe that our report was the very first submission that it received. So now let's talk about how we work. Well, before we do anything, we get to know our client. We study our client's needs very closely. We listen to them very closely and we conduct workshops with them and their key stakeholders. I guess you think you could describe it as a kind of method acting. We really get into the soul and the skin of who we work for. And that sometimes means telling the client stuff that they don't know about themselves. Um, we then research their external environment, their market, their regulatory environment, their government policy ecosystem. So we get a full understanding of how their world can be made better by improved policies, by more funding in the right areas, by better regulation. And sometimes it's not to influence government or regulation. Sometimes it's to design a penetration campaign to help them grow in a particular industry. And we've done that for one particular client that wanted to expand its footprint in the financial services industry. Um, when we've done that, then we start influencing change. And that means researching and writing compelling and impactful reports. Um, and by the way, those reports don't just have to be credible to specialists, but they have to be accessible to a wide range of publics. And they have to be deliverable, not just in the form of a report that's going to be read uh, and probably put on a shelf, but also in the form of a, a powerful presentation, a powerful media performance, or a really, really impactful press release. So when we're doing our work for our clients, we're always thinking about the final destination, the final message. And that's why it's not just about the report, it's about delivering that message to the national and social media and stakeholders. Um, and that, I think, is where we really deliver value for our clients, because with us, you get the full rainbow. You don't just get the research and the data and the technical policy work. You don't just get the, the efficient management of policy working groups in the final report. You also get on the other side um, highly impactful public affairs engagement with the right people to change decisions. You get highly impactful stakeholder engagement and you get a media engagement that delivers the message to the publics you want to deliver to. 
So last but very much not least, and, uh, you know, Steve Seneca said this several times, it's not what you do. Um, clients don't buy so much what you do. It's, it's why you do it. Well, I guess why we do what I, what I do, what I do, and what we do is what we do is um, we, well, my, let's start with my own background. So I have a 25-year career behind me. 10 years in the European Central Bank and the Department of Finance, working as an economist in research, policy analysis, and publications. And I guess when I was in that role, I noticed the danger of policy getting remote from the people. And I think we're seeing a bit of that now, that unfortunately, when you're sitting behind a desk in a major policy institution that's very hierarchical, it can get more and more difficult to understand how your decisions or your work impacts people uh, who are affected by the decision. So after that 10 year period, I kind of went into the space between the public and the policymaker. So I, I did a scholarship MBA in the Smurf at school. Um, but I then went into a range of media roles. I was economics editor of the Irish Times. And I developed a large network of very senior business, political, and policy-making professionals, some of whom I now work with. But I also worked on the coalface of interaction between policy decisions and public and politicians. So I got to understand um, how so much stuff gets lost in translation and how so many problems in policy-making happen because policymakers don't understand the public and sometimes it's the other way around sometimes policy that's in the public interest um, is not understood by the public and that's because communication the communication work hasn't been done so after being economics editor in the Irish Times I was uh, economics editor with news talk I presented a, 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 a small but influential current affairs program error twice a week on news talk I wrote a column that was read by a million readers a week in the Sunday Independent. And I did, I must have done over a hundred policy presentations at various conferences and events during the last crisis. And I authored four books on how we would recover. Um, everybody remembers the books that were written on the last uh, crisis, but most of them were basically explaining why things went wrong. I suppose where I differed was I wrote books on how to get out of the crisis. And I'd like to think that my four books played a constructive role in that regard. Um, so having spent 10 years in that media authorship and, and, and speaker capacity, I then went on to work in IBEC for five years as a senior manager representing the financial services sector, not the most popular sector uh, in Ireland by any stretch of the imagination six years ago. Um, but we turned around the public's perceptions by pointing out to the huge potential of the international services sector to deliver jobs, gender diversification, regional skills and jobs. <coughs> regional skills and jobs. Um, and also to basically raise Ireland's international game. And I also set up the first Brexit working group in the world in 2015, a year before the Brexit referendum. Um, and I found that by acting quickly um, and acting decisively and strategically, I could influence change 
Um, and a result of the Brexit working group was that the City of London Lord Mayor came to Dublin in 2017 and endorsed Ireland as a location of choice for those firms that had to leave London as a result of Brexit. Um, together with the great work of the Industrial Development Authority, with whom I've, I've had the pleasure of working on a number of projects, um, that has helped to make Ireland the most successful um, centre for attracting financial services uh, investment. And as well as uh, tens of billions of euros of investment in the financial services sector, it has helped generate um, over 10,000 jobs um, in the last six or seven years. So I have loved uh, the last 25 years uh, of my career, but the bits I've loved the most are the bits where I combine the research, the analysis, the publication, and where I've worked with other people um, who share that passion um, to deliver results and change for the public good. And uh, that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, that was it from our chat with Mark. If you want to find out more about Mark and his business, head over to www.octavian.ie. You are listening to Chamber Chats podcast from the Dunleary Ratdown Chamber. Please like and subscribe to this wherever you listen to your podcasts. As always, I'm your host, Rob Fitzhugh from FilmSmart Pro. This has been Chamber Chats, the Dunleary Ratdown Chamber, supporting commerce in the region for more than 70 years. Music